uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a uh, Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach out and uh, steal the election. And so I shot him. Well-oiled machine. Are you, uh, yeah, are you ready to record? Uh, yeah, just give me a sec. Uh, okay, okay. starting now. Ready? Okay, yeah. three, two, one. Just when you thought it could not get any better, in terms of enjoying popcorn while watching the show, the Zoran Zayev government has produced a new scandal. This time it involves the director of the health fund, Dan Donchev, and the minister of health, Vinko Filipce, who have been accused of, what else? Extortion. In the meantime, the government of Zorn's Eye has published its, quote, draft plan for the decisive action against spreading misinformation and attacks on democracy, unquote, all in the name of, quote, national security, unquote, which to our minds at least has two purposes. The first is to draw attention away from the Boki 13 Katitsa Yaneva and now Donchev Filipce scandals, and the second is to actually crack down on a free and independent media as well as general freedom of speech in their quest for greater power and control over Macedonians. And, of course, in a few short weeks, we will know if the EU, in its various forms, will allow the opening of a session talks with Macedonia. The French ambassador to Macedonia says, not so fast. We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Migo, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Svetin Chelimanov calling in from Skopje, Republic of Macedonia. How you doing, Svetin? Uh, fine, still uh, under the weather, still not 100% uh, operating at 100% capacity, but we'll churn this one out. I, t- I told you, take vitamin C and drink rakia. That works perfectly. Yeah, well, I did the rakia thing, but I guess <laughs> I, <laughs> I neglected Good. the vitamin. <laughs> I'm, uh, I have very limited amounts of rakia in my uh, liquor cabinet, and uh, so I'm, I'm waiting until the weather gets a little cooler because it's always better mm-hmm. to drink rakia when it's cooler outside, so it's still hot here. Oh, yeah. anyway, so we have a, another full week behind us of, of events in Macedonia to talk about. Oh, and, of course, sure I think, what was it, what are they calling it on, on the Twitter sphere? Rocket 2, I think, uh, is, is yeah. one of the, the monikers I saw. And that is the, uh, as I mentioned in the monologue, the uh, Andonche of uh, Vinko Filipce scandals. Um, first of all, why don't you kind of bring us, bring our audience, our listeners up to date on what exactly it is? It involves extortion, like I said, and a, um, uh, a company, a dialysis provider, I think, in Macedonia. Mm. Um, but what, fill us in on that. Yeah, I guess this is by now the modus operandi for the government, the way they've been operating. So it's not a big surprise. It's the, uh, a company which received uh, a contract to provide dialysis uh, in a part of the country. Uh, and it, I think we're like divided regionally and they're supposed to provide uh, centers where they can uh, have uh, residents who have kidney issues uh, receive dialysis. And it's, uh, you know, they've been doing this, they've been providing this service. And uh, eventually they decided that uh, they want to sell their company to uh, a, a large Swedish company for a solid sum of money, like 
11.5 million uh, euros. Uh, and as soon as they did, uh, well, this is a, like a long-term contract they got. So it's, right. uh, I suppose, like a long, uh, certain uh, uh, business. And, um, you know, you work with the government, so you're bound to get paid eventually, if not uh, at the agreed uh, date. Uh, so um, they signed the contract, but uh, as the Swedes were started arriving in Macedonia to scout out uh, this uh, uh, company ran by a lady called Vera Ivanova. Mm -hmm. uh, they would obviously, as is the custom here, meet with uh, the healthcare minister, Vinko Filipče, the head of the uh, healthcare fund, our friend, I'm making quotation marks, uh, <laughs> Dan Donchev. And uh, they noticed something weird that as they would meet these people, uh, the government officials, they would, uh, uh, in the conversations, they would uh, once, every once in a while, revert to a story how the company they're scouting and they want to buy Miss Ivanova's companies and there's some kind of investigation. Even though originally when the Swedes came, it wasn't. After a while, it turned out that, uh, you know, Donchev and Filipchev had the foresight or more likely they uh, pressured the prosecutors to begin an investigation into the company. Um, mm. And um, I'm not really sure what for, honestly, whether it was... Uh, how they receive the matter. contract or, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll find something, something the way it, <laughs> they're going. And uh, the idea was clearly that they wanted to scare the, the Swedish company from investing to you know, stop it uh, not to invest, or more likely to get uh, a cut of the contract and then they would make the investigation disappear. Because again, this is what even this company is saying, okay, if you found something, if if we did something wrong, okay, investigate us, prosecute us, but don't uh, go this godfather approach, uh, yeah, nice. The Alice's company you got there would be a shame if somebody started to investigate it. So the, the charges filed by this lady are clear that, um, are clearly that, uh, she was cl clearly told by Philip Chen Donchev that they want money and they'll make the investigation, they'll, they, they'll nip it in, uh, in the bud. And for mm -hmm. their part, uh, on the SDSM side, they insist that, you know, the dialysis company was employing the person who was the best man for Nikola Gruevsky at his first wedding, oh, uh, when he first got married, and that, you know, this is reason enough to uh, investigate the company, that uh, uh, there is something uh, dodgy about it. It was apparently providing the services, I haven't heard of them, which means I haven't heard that they've been uh, failing to provide <laughs> the yeah. dialysis service. I mean, these things in a public run healthcare, you quickly find out about them if something is missing, uh, insulin or, you know, uh, stents for heart disease or whatever, you, you learn about this the next day. So this, they were operating, I suppose, on the up and up. But yeah, this is now essentially uh, our other friend, the Swedish ambassador, Ah, Mark yes. Staffanson is mentioned because he was informed of this and uh, was apparently surprised. Uh, uh, he supported this government tremendously, the Zav government, and now it turns out that a large Swedish investment was being undercut and might mm. face trouble in the future. So, yeah, this is uh, uh, a pretty plausible thing, knowing both Donchev and uh, Philip Che, it's pretty plausible they ask for the money. Well, that's that's a shame. Um, it's a shame for for many reasons, especially for this this uh, Macedonian company that uh, um, is is 
there's a Swedish company interested in them, and uh, that's a good thing. And it's been upset or, or thwarted by the government of Macedonia, by uh, the health minister, Filipe and uh, as you said, used air quotes to say our friend Dan Donjev. You know, Sveten, Dan was one of the first Macedonians I met 23, almost 24 years ago when I first came to Macedonia in 1996. And we became very good friends. Not uh, the best specimen to meet. <laughs> well, yeah, but we, we, we were good friends. Um, you know, mm. we were both on the same side, fighting the, fighting the communists. Um, and then somewhere in the, 2006, he, he, he broke with, you know, he went one way and, and I went another in terms of who we were supporting and, and whatnot. And, and then he just went off the deep end. And, and it was in 2011 or 12, I can't remember, he sent me a, I think it was a Facebook message or something, basically telling me that I was an effing cockroach. Uh, okay. And then uh, explaining to me that I was, uh, he basically insinuated that I was his project. That you know, it was, some, it was ah, very weird. It was, but, he made you. <laughs> yeah, he made me right. Um, but it was just, it was sad really to see him because, you know, he, and and here he was with Vamro Dapamane, and now he's with Sudasum. And so I don't think that Dan Donchev actually has a political philosophy, left or right or or. Anything else, I think Dan Donchev's political philosophy is Donchevism. Uh, what's best for Dan Donchev? Turns out that he's, uh, he originates from Zaev's village. So I suppose they know each other. And uh, oh, yeah. he was born in, in Macedonia, right? Not in Correct. Australia. He was born in Macedonia, immigrated to Australia when he was 10 or 11. I think his father was a um, pastor over there in the Methodist church. Ah, well, that clears it up. Then he came back he, in he the early Zav, 90s. So. Yeah, they were friends with Zav then. Yeah, I mean, but they it's... They lived in the same village, and yeah. this is what propelled him. And also, you know, more importantly, he was allegedly yeah. involved uh, in uh, a wiretapping of Gurevsky. Uh, so that, uh, remember, before the large wiretapping scandal, there was another tape which... Uh, leaked, uh, which was apparently recorded by Donchev while he was, you know, still pretending that he was Oh, I remember with, uh, that. Yes, I do remember listening to that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot what that was involved with Serbian Bank or something as well. Um, yeah, and it's a bank which Donchev was working on or with or something. And he was apparently trying to entrap Grievsky to say something uh, on the recording while discussing their, right. the bank and uh, right. then gave it to Zaf. Yeah, sad to see him fall. Uh, you know, I, th mm. I thought he was a good guy. We were good friends for years, and then um, he just kind of imploded. And, and now, um, according to uh, what I'm reading in the media, that this evidence has been given to the state prosecutors, and I guess we'll just kind of monitor this, monitor this to see where it goes, if this is going to go forward or not. As we know from Racket 1, the original Racket, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, um, it, it, the government, and as I mentioned in the um, in the monologue, the whole "quote unquote" disinformation, fake media thing that the government's pursuing seems like a way of distracting attention. But the government is slow walking this entire scandal, which, frankly, looking at it from their perspective, isn't good for them. It's this constant slow drip of news coming out, whereas they should just rip the band the proverbial bandaid off and take care of it once and for all. But now I see that uh, Boki 13 is going to be questioned uh, tomorrow or Tuesday in Katica the day mm. before the day after, I think, this coming week. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah on Monday. I think Boki is on Monday. Finally. Which and they, he be. hasn't been, nobody's questioned him about anything yet, correct? Well, he was questioned when he was initially yeah, arrested, but yeah. not since then. And he keeps getting sick and uh, 
being taken to hospital, which everybody presumes is where he does the negotiating with the government and uh, when they're fine-tuning what the government can do for Boki and what Boki can do for the government in the sense that uh, keeping quiet on uh, the most yeah, dangerous problem. Yeah, but there's so things. many others involved in this and there's so much information that hasn't come out. I know Branko Gerowski, the journalist that broke the story way back in the middle of the summer, I know he's got information. Um, um, Lotus Geiser, the Slovenian journalist, has got other information. Uh, I think uh, um, uh, Vumro leader uh, Miskowski's got information. Uh, there's other stuff mm. out there that hasn't come out yet, and it will come out, and the government is just trying to ignore this and sweep it under the rug because they desperately want uh, the opening of EU accession talks, which I think, uh, what, is it October 15 is when... Mm -hmm. um, as when, and yet, we are Osmani, uh, the government's um, uh, deputy prime minister for European affairs, uh, said that he's not even sure. And as I said in the mm. monologue, the French ambassador isn't sure as well. And so, and then of course, we, as we've talked about in the past, um, the uh, Albanians, uh, you know, don't want to be left behind. Eddie Rama, the prime minister there, and, mm. and uh, there's, I think for sure now that Albania is not going to get a green light. As we talked about last week, I don't think Macedonia is going to get a green light either. What else? Uh, what else do you hear on that? Well, uh, I mean, this was a huge, obviously, a huge scandal for for the government. Uh, they can't rip the bandaid uh, if it means that it's going to, uh, you know, <laughs> it's going to take their head off uh, or, or the entire. So the, so the bandaid goes all the way around the neck and it's holding the neck <laughs> yeah. to the body. Is what you're saying? Exactly. And if they rip it off, yeah. the head will fall off. Okay. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh, uh, the way, I mean, at this point, France, uh, the, the Netherlands have gone quiet, even in Albania, I think. Uh, France is now the, the loudest in opposition to the opening of accession talks. I suppose there is going to be, again, some, uh, like, middle-of-the-road promise, uh, such as, okay, now we are given a date in May, June, or something like that, right. but this time it's for real, it's really going to begin, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, this time we Need it. <laughs> yeah, but d deep inside the territory of the next incoming uh, commissioner who would be from Hungary, Orban's uh, friend, if he gets uh, approved, uh, uh, Laszlo Trucciani uh, right. or something. I'm, I'm probably butchering the name. You are. But uh, everybody is. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course you're Hungarian. <laughs> hey, you, uh, and, you, at least you can say my name. It's not that difficult to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Unlike mine, which is yeah. <laughs> the worst. And um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, there's going to be something. Uh, the EU has become, ex have become experts on Macedonia, giving us, uh, declaring us a candidate country, but not allowing us to open accession talks, then uh, giving us uh, a positive recommendation, but not, again, not opening accession talks. So they're great at splitting the difference yeah. for us. Bulgaria will not be served. I mean, they will probably not get what they're asking for because their appetites are growing as October comes closer. Greece made this weird statement where they want to block Albania, but they also don't want to disentangle Macedonia from Albania. So mm. uh, it's a very weird uh, comment on their part. Uh, so, I mean... And, you, and you, re you, I, just, you just mentioned Bulgaria there, and of course the reference to Bulgaria is on the whole issue of Gotse Delchev. Uh, and the mm. school books and textbooks that the two quote-unquote committees from Macedonia and Bulgaria are meeting to talk about how do we, Macedonia, uh, abase ourselves and genuflect 
enough in front of you, Bulgaria, so that, uh, and, and we, we call ourselves Bulgarians, and we will call our heroes Bulgarians, and then you will allow us to, in, to have a session talks. But, but the thing is, the two committees can't agree, and the Macedonians, good for them, whoever's part of that committee, are holding fast and saying, no, God say Delchev was a Macedonian. They're not holding that fast. I mean, uh, Bendarovsky sold out the house uh, very early in the game where he acknowledged, he said that, well, yeah, there are some letters he said he's Bulgarian, so I give you that. So, uh, you know, they're not very, they're not holding the line in any sense on our side. But obviously this only, yeah. like in the Greek situation, this only means that uh, uh, the side which is making the demands, the Bulgarian side in this case, will just... Uh, set its red lines even further in our field and they're going to ask mm -hmm. for even more because you cannot ever satisfy them with uh, making concessions. Well, exactly. It's it's kind of like the old apocryphal story uh, of um, the first billionaire, dollar billionaire in the world, J. Paul Getty, mm -hmm. who in the 1970s became the first dollar billionaire. Reporter, reporter asked him, Mr. Getty, how much is enough? Mm -hmm. Getty, Getty replied, just one dollar more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Bulgarians will never, ever be satisfied. Uh, and, of course, as we know, that each of the 35 or so chapters of the of the uh, EU, um, I don't know the, the Latin term for what that, aque or whatever, so talk mm -hmm. about pronunciation. Um, anyway, each one of those chapters has to be open, negotiated, closed, and they will have the opportunity to object to Macedonia at any stage. So will Greece, so will everybody. So... Which is why, you know, this whole EU membership thing isn't going to work, actually, uh, for, for Macedonia or, frankly, for anybody else going forward, because the EU itself is going to fundamentally change. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, our you know, only purpose now, especially with uh, uh, Laszlo Troschani, am, am I getting closer? Sure. <laughs> Being nominated uh, is that, uh, you know, we'll just make it uh, stink up for the existing members and some are... Turning, you know, are wising up to this possibility. They they realize that now that uh, Hungary is supporting Macedonia and Poland and and Italy under uh, Salvini, they realize that well, listen, they just want to bring in more countries, which will eventually will get rid of uh, Sheikh of Zaev and go back to being a proper Visegrad-style country. And right. they figure, well, they just want more Visegrads inside. And yes, we do. I mean, this is now our operating principle. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you you uh, you've talked about that a lot, and I do want to write something about that because I think it's a very good point. In that, the, you know, some of these these EU older EU countries are, as you said, wising up to the fact that that you you put more countries like Hungary in there, and it's going mm -hmm. to water down their ever closer union, their more Europe, their pooled sovereignty, etc. Uh, and they don't mm -hmm. want that. So that's why. I mean, the whole thing is was is, is uh, fraught with. Um, um, problems and again that's that's why the whole thing can't actually last um going forward unless it fundamentally changes yeah. uh, again you know, and again you know i want to go back to i i think the european union i mean what it was originally created as a trading block is a good idea um we're free traders yeah, sure, uh, so but what it has become is a mono it's become leviathan uh to quote hobbes um and uh it's 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 it, it, Absorbing, that's not absorbing, it's taking by force more and more mm. powers from the individual sovereign nation states. And I don't think we can, we, we need to keep hammering home on these points because I, I want people to understand that. So, um, sure. but, um, but let's, talking about, uh, uh, you know, assuming power uh, or taking power, 
So this, um, we talked a little bit about it offline, I think, earlier this week. Uh, this new uh, media plan, uh, what is it called mm-hmm. here? Uh, oh, it's like oh, a strategy for fighting fake news or something. Draft plan for decisive action against spreading misinformation <laughs> and attacks on democracy, which, of course, is a very good Soviet-style title uh, oh, for yeah. a document. Um <laughs> And, of course, it's all in the name of, quote-unquote, national security, which, as we know, post-9-11, anything can be done by any government in the name of national security. Uh, we've seen that in, in the United States government, pursuing things in the name of national security and, and cracking mm. down on uh, hallmarks of democracy. How how real is this? Right now it's a draft plan, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what uh, if, in, what, in what way they want to implement this. But uh, their intentions yeah. are the worst imaginable. It's being done by Marian Zabrchenets, who is one of these Soros-educated uh, oh far-leftist uh, lunatics, and uh, they're uh, extremely totalitarian in their approach at this point. So, what's the next steps then with this quote-unquote draft plan? Are they going to? They're sharing it obviously with the public. Is it that's been made public? Are they going to have? Um hearing uh, 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 committee meetings on it in parliament or there gonna be hearings they're gonna invite the public to come in and talk about it what what about the various uh, uh, journalist associations what are they saying oh well uh, the journalist associations were unified in opposition except that you know one of them uh, Zenamite uh, gave uh, uh, its former head is uh, Zav's uh, transparency minister it's got a long history of working with SDSM and for SDSM so at some point they're gonna peel off and they're gonna support this. I mean, there is no doubt in my mind about that. They're not going to be solid uh, opponents of this proposal. Uh, the government already has uh, shut down a number of uh, newspapers, uh, such as Dnivnik and a few other owned by Orza Kamchev, shut down Republika, the magazine. That was, yeah, that was when they first took power, year, two and a half years ago. So. Very quickly into the uh, after they took over power. Uh, they uh, shut down one TV station, TV Nova. They disciplined uh, uh, Colonel Pitt and Sital, which were the best-watched private TV stations, by a long list of criminal charges against their editors, or in the case of Colonel Pitt, just by threatening them, and that's all it took to, to cow them into submission. So basically they control the uh, mainstream media, except for these situations which are more uh, SDSM infighting, such as the racket scandal, and now, I suppose, the new racket scandal, which was also revealed by Branko Girovsky. So these are things which uh, happen inside this DSM. So there is no guarantee that they can hold the media outlets in line. Some very pro-SDSM media outlets turned against this DSM with, uh, over these scandals, which are, again, as you said, inside jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, but, you know, for, they have solid control over the mainstream media. Uh, the government does, so now they want to uh, cut, uh, yep. you know, they want to take over the um, uh, online media, the Facebook groups, the, they just want to pressure them, silence them. Uh, this is where most of the criticism of the government comes from and uh, uh, develops. They cannot, at this point, uh, use the media agency to silence the online, the news sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're thinking of a new plan. What exactly is going to come out of this? I'm not sure. I suppose some kind of a committee which is going to pressure news sites to publish their the names of their journalists and their owners, which at this point they largely avoid because they don't want to get their people in trouble. Huh. 
given the experience with the televisions and the newspapers which were shut down or silenced. Um, then um, I'm not uh, maybe take them to court uh, in a systematic manner, which is being done. I mean, there are news sites which are their editors who spend more time in court than in the office yeah. uh, writing articles at this point. Yeah. Um, given Zayev's control of the judiciary. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's um, they, they might try to get the media agency to regulate online media, which has long been a, an attempt uh, on their part. Uh, so, yeah, there is, uh, this is what they're thinking. We've, uh, we all remember the negotiations over the media agency, which SDSM wanted to take over and to some extent uh, uh, does control now. And uh, they wanted to use it like uh, uh, an agency which could just issue arbitrary fines to everybody. Uh, and uh, they were doing this in the pre-election period in 2016. And now they want to, they need to expand this on the online media as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and this is, uh, and of course this, I think, what, what they're trying to do is something that Europe, the EU, and this is a big deal in Europe, is this, the issue of so-called hate speech is part of this whole thing, of course. And here in America, we have a very strong tradition of free speech. Uh, and there is no such thing as hate speech. There's speech that's hateful, harmful. There are things, as citizens, as individuals, we obviously have uh, obligations. We, there, are, there are things we shouldn't say, but we certainly have the right to say them, and we do. Uh, and, I mean, it's even, you know, you, we take the example of, um, on Twitter, the Babylon Bee, uh, which is a, a satirical website. It's a Christian-based satirical website. Uh, and what they publish is obvious satire, and yet even Snopes, uh, the fact-checking website, has mm. published articles about the Babylon Bee to, to saying that what they're saying is not true. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's beyond parody. Um, and, and the whole issue of, let's see, the, the Prime, Prime Minister's I have tweeted out a series of, of tweets when he was mentioning this draft plan. He says, quote, Every democracy has an obligation to stop disinformation, misinformation, or malinformation that damage the po political atmosphere or spread confusion and mistrust among the public. Uh, that was just one of the things he said in this series of tweets. And yet, you know, dis and this is a bigger, much bigger issue, Svetin, that, uh, you know, I want to, I've been thinking a lot about, I wanna, I've written about it somewhat, I really want to delve into it. Um, the whole issue of rejecting the truth. When you say there is no truth, then how can you, how can you claim that there is, or, or you've got to expect that there's going to be disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation, to quote the Prime Minister Zayev. The problem with, the, one of the many problems with the West today is that the, the, the secular elites that, that are part of the uber culture and the political elites have said there is no truth in the media and Hollywood and others, yeah. have said there is no truth. Well, if there is no truth, then everything's fair game. And this is, this is part of the, the, what ails the West, is this rejection of the truth and saying, well, what you say is truth, and what I say is truth. And There's, there's one truth, that you can't have multiple truths uh, on, on an issue. Uh, for instance, as, we, as we, uh, we're both pro-lifers, we believe that life begins at fertilization when the sperm and the egg meet. That's the beginning of a new life. Mm -hmm. It's a new DNA that, uh, that, is, uh, that the baby has. Uh, but when 
politics, politicians, and the media and the uber culture say, no, that's not a life. Or to, to quote Pete Buttigieg, one of the Democrat candidates for, uh, for president here, says, uh, that becomes a life when it takes its first breath. Oh, please. Um, mm -hmm. That is just yeah. absolute bull. Uh, it's a life from the moment of the fertilization. So anyway, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll get off my, uh, my platform there. Um, but my point being that this rejection of truth is why we are at this point in the West today. Uh, and how you combat that is not by what the government's doing with its quote-unquote draft plan. It's by speaking the truth. That's how you deal with it. And, and, and it starts in the home and it starts with children. All right, I'm going to stop there on my rant. Yeah, we're going to, I suppose we're going to have to move some of the commentary uh, abroad uh, to the U.S., to Canada, to Australia to avoid this, uh, you know, this regulation, to, depending on to the extent they want to they wanna go with it. Uh, it serves a purpose for Zaev, what he's doing here, because uh, he used to, uh, he kept going back to this position to get American support for his uh, uh, rule for his regime, he would insist that uh, uh, the opposition is siding with Russia uh, and that we are opponents of NATO. And uh, this is what, I suppose this is what the U.S. Embassy here as well used as an excuse when they would apply for funding in D.C. or when some word of what's happening here in reality would get to D.C. and when somebody would pick up the phone and ask questions here at the U.S. Embassy, I suppose this is what they would use as... Uh, as uh, an excuse, well, yeah, we have to do this because uh, otherwise the country would go to Russia. And uh, Zaev keeps going back to this position. And you could notice this. Uh, he was sharing this latest BBC report about how Macedonian uh, content farms, which is the, uh, <laughs> well, the, the joke, which, yeah, the spo which spawned the name of this podcast, which is ironic, uh, were so, uh, you know, influential that we swung the British elections, the <laughs> referendum, the Trump election, and whatnot. And um, this is what he again was repeating uh, as he's unveiling this plan. He's again trying to beat the dead horse of uh, that he's the fighter against Russia in the Balkans. Uh, but it works. I mean, with some, you know, given the level of polarization in the US, I suppose it works. What, even though in reality, it's uh, the American approach here has actually turned Macedonians against the United States mm. from 90 plus percent support for NATO. It's now uh, in the negative among ethnic Macedonians. So good work there, Jess Bailey. Uh, and uh, this is his, what, what he's doing. And the other part is he's completely oblivious uh, about his own role because he goes out and, as you mentioned, he talks about hate speech. And this is a person who used to insist that. Uh, he would eat his political opponents alive, Ooh, that he would fire everybody in the administration and replace them with uh, party members uh, in, a, in one uh, pr uh, private press conference, which was obviously recorded because he's speaking toward the camera. He's addressing the camera. He called media outlets, he named them by name, and he called them the enemies, his political enemies. Oh, that's what Hillary did. I don't, I don't yeah. The deplorables, sir. No, she actually. No, she. Uh, I think she at one point called Republicans actual enemies. I'd have to go back and look it yeah? up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh, okay. Yeah. Well, Zai was talking about the, the press. He was yeah. calling them his enemies. He he used to use rhetoric such as bombs. We have bombs against our opponents and TikTok. Uh, uh, you're finished. And now he's complaining about uh, 
what angry uh, hate speech, angry coverage of uh, uh, reports, uh, and not to mention he, his his lies. He used to insist that there is something especially pernicious in the recordings he has about the 2012 Good Friday massacre. The tapes have actually been released last mm. week, and we are not talking about this, you and me, because there was nothing on the, in the tapes, nothing that would justify Zayev uh, dragging the, 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 the parents of the four killed youngsters, uh, dragging mm. them around and lying to them that he has some kind of evidence uh, in, uh, which would shed a different light onto the... Uh, facts of the murder of their children by an Islamist, uh, by a group of Islamists, ethnic Albanians. Uh, he used this lie to release the free one of the shooters who were in hiding in Kosovo and several of their accomplices from prison, which was uh, one of the main requests from his Albanian coalition partners. He was lying to the families for years, and now the tapes are being revealed, and there is nothing there. He lied about the Martin Nishkovsky murder. He lied about. Uh, uh, the Kumanovo attack, that again he has some additional information which he can reveal. And now he's saying that he's going to fight uh, fake news and hate speech. I mean, this is uh, only a brain that uh, Western elite person would believe that uh, this person, what the Zaf is saying. I mean, everybody here in Macedonia, and, we are rolling our we, eyes and it's uh, disgusting. Yeah, and, and we have plenty of brain, brain dead Western elites that will believe that. So, uh, yeah, inshallah, we do, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's see. Let's see. What, do we have any good news here that we can talk about? NATO membership? Oh, no, I guess not. Because <laughs> um, it looks like uh, Spain has got problems with their government. They're probably not going to be able to ratify this by yeah. the NATO uh, meeting in, uh, is it in London? Yeah, December? This, Lond London in early December. Yeah, so that's, I think, Spain. The U.S. actually hasn't, uh, the U.S. Yeah. Senate hasn't voted yet. Uh, I mean, that's a given. It's passed the, the Foreign Affairs Committee, but... Uh, yeah. The whole Senate hasn't voted on it. Iceland is still waiting for some reason as well. So uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if uh, Macedonia is going to go into the new year of 2020 as a NATO member or not. Uh, and if we do, we'll be ready to send our three to five soldiers to protect Estonia <laughs> and uh, the Iranian shipping lines. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well. Or wherever we are necessary. <laughs> we have, we're growing our cannabis industry. Well, that is true, yes. Uh, there's been a lot of news. Um, I think Bloomberg, maybe that was a Reuters article, uh, but everybody's talking about how Macedonians can get rich quick uh, mm. off of cannabis. And, of course, as we know, the um, prime minister's cousin uh, is uh, heavily involved in uh, marijuana, mm -hmm. sorry, cannabis. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's become a big, a big issue. And, of course, we know Big Mike, quote-unquote, uh, or is the... Guy's yep. nickname was uh, well. Actually, here's the it's Bloomberg. It says everybody here wants to be a cannabis farmer. <laughs> yeah, but the article is interesting. They began to wise up to the fact that there is something fishy about this business, and apparently we haven't exported uh, one bottle of uh, cannabis oil yet, which is supposed to be the healthy and I don't know the not undangerous uh, uh, product of uh, marijuana product. But in reality, with so many people planting here and not exporting the oil, it's pretty safe to assume that we are exporting this as uh, I don't know as marijuana, you know, the, the usual, <laughs> the usual kind, which is a huge bu illegal business in Albania, which is very close to our regime. So, yeah, I think it's pretty clear what's going on here. We'll become a drug exporting superpower here.
Well, exactly. And and again, as I, I've mentioned on this podcast, without taking issue of the the potential good uh, that cannabis oil can do uh, for an individual's mm. health, um, I haven't studied that enough. I've heard good things about it, and, and so that to me, that is not the issue. The issue is, well, here, I'm looking at this Bloomberg article. I love it. There's one paragraph that starts, quote, there's also the issue of corruption. <laughs> the, Bal- the Balkan region is already a transit route for illegal drugs, and the concern is the weed might just end up on the black market. Uh, yeah. and there's that, and then and then to go back to um, the, the health minister, uh, Vinko Filipce, uh, which proves why he's not the, uh, uh, the uh, minister of the economy or finance minister. He says, quote, if we want to raise... If we want to raise economy in North Macedonia, okay. If we want to raise economy in North Macedonia, cannabis is the way to boost it. Jeez, um, and I thought that there was all kinds of different things that that folks could do in Macedonia to to uh, increase wealth and and jobs. Um, there's another. Remember when Grivsky yeah, was ahead. planning to uh, create like tax-free zones for hospitals, right. where he would fly in, you know, sick people from across the world, Europe. Uh, probably maybe the US, but probably just Europe, for you know, routine treatment or diagnostics done at cut price. And he, he wanted to use the healthcare uh, in Macedonia's relative you know, inexpensiveness for providing healthcare services, which at this point only the Greeks are using, for like a broad widespread industry, which would keep doctors in Macedonia and uh, bring a lot of health tourists into the country. Now, this is something that you could do not. You don't necessarily, if you're Philip, you have to go into extorting money from Swedish pharma companies and uh, selling marijuana to Europe. And uh, uh, he wants to sign a contract worth half a billion euros for a new clinic, which Vimera wanted to build for 90 million. So you can imagine the extent of uh, criminality which would happen here. It's, right. There are other other alternatives than when, what Philip Chi is doing, selling marijuana to Europe. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and, and, and then back on this Bloomberg article, here's the other quote I wanted to say. This is Trece uh, Zayev, the Prime Minister's cousin. It, mm-hmm. The Bloomberg article says, Bloomberg article says quote, Trece Zayev declined to discuss his business when contacted by phone and email, unquote. <laughs> So, uh, smart guy. He knows his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> he knows that uh, everybody's being recorded here. Yeah. Well, this it it almost reminds me of, uh, and I I kind of discovered this, or, or not I discovered it, and then I thought quite a bit about it early on when I first came to Macedonia in the mid '90s. Is that a co- somebody would set up a coffee shop, and it would be successful, mm. and then uh-huh. the shop next to it would open up as a coffee shop. And then the one on the other side would open up as a coffee shop. And it's just kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah there's other things to do than, you know, build, and open up <laughs> coffee shops. Uh, and there's plenty of other things to do besides be a cannabis farmer. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, oh. yeah, we'll have to keep following that and see where that goes. What else do we have to talk about, Sutton? Um, we got Biden here. That That's the only thing that's been interesting me here uh, because... Uh, of all the similarities we have, I, I love it when we align with the U.S. and in, in our stories, obviously, in a much smaller level here. The, the, in short, the Biden story is that uh, he had his uh, drug addict son appointed to the board of some Ukrainian company shortly after uh, the Orange Revolution, or what was the name of the revolution? 
was it the colored revolution or the... uh yeah, i think it was the okay. orange revolution and yeah. um yeah you know similarly to what's been happening in 2000, kosovo 2015 yeah like yeah. in kosovo where some of the businesses have gone to the liberators of kosovo such as uh hillary and madeline and uh, wesley clark etc so yep. you know to the victor go the spoils and then at one point uh, what's also relevant for us is that biden tried to uh, and he bragged about this that he dismissed the prosecutor of ukraine he ordered the government to dismiss the prosecutor telling them that if they don't do this uh, the u.s will not give them a billion euros which they needed badly to fight russia or whatever and uh, this was because the prosecutor was apparently investigating uh, Biden's son. And uh, now that Trump obviously got wind of this, this was published by the Associated Press on top of the conservative outlets. And uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani was calling for an investigation. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of other abuse of the Ukrainian prosecutorial services before. There was a, a, a case when... Uh, some ledger appeared uh, to incriminate Paul Manafort in the middle of the elections in the U.S. And, you know, mm -hmm. given my experience now here in Macedonia with how the U.S. government operates with prosecutors in a country it controls, there is no way that Ukrainian prosecutors would decide to investigate Paul Manafort all on their own in the middle of the U.S. presidential elections risk, angering Trump going after his campaign uh, chairman. So this was clearly done by the U.S. ambassador in Ukraine, and the ambassador uh, at this time was the same guy who then was appointed to Greece, Geoffrey Piat, most famous here by uh, that he was the other guy on the phone when yeah. uh, Victoria Nuland made, made her comment <laughs> the EU. Ah, and yes. he's now the, the U.S. ambassador to Make Greece. Make sure you believe that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, he was the ambassador in Greece while uh, the name was changed in Macedonia, <coughs> while we were blackmailed and uh, forced to change uh, the name in parliament and Greek members of parliament were being bribed by Piat, presumably to to vote in favor of the Prespa Treaty. So this has everything, uh, you know, this scandal because, you know, we're, we are so sick of seeing American diplomats come here. Uh, apparently the, you know, preferred method of controlling countries by the US right now is to appoint the judges and the prosecutors and then go after the politicians you don't like, blackmail the remainder and leave them in power, but uh, you know, have them do the bidding of the US and then just mm -hmm. see whatever is lucrative in the country, uh, oil and gas in Ukraine, uh, telecoms in Kosovo, coal. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that Mogherini or Bailey or Stevenson have, have a hand in uh, uh, Zayev's marijuana businesses or whatever else. He, he's uh, dealing with right now and uh, or, or the extortion even I mean I wouldn't absolutely wouldn't be surprised if David Stevenson who played yes. this role in the in Macedonia appointing prosecutors here had a hand in extorting money from Orza Kamchov and other businessmen here because he created this group of people on the on the prosecutorial and on the judicial side and uh, and he then quit his job in the State Department to run a business, a right. consulting business in Macedonia. He's obviously taking money here. And, uh, and, and also, it's interesting to see how the media supporting the left is trying to make it look like Trump did something wrong in this scandal because he had Rudy there encouraging Ukrainians to investigate Biden where all the criminality is on the, on the other side. 
you bring down a government, create a, a colored revolution, it descends into war, which in Ukraine was very uh, likely to happen from the start. And in Macedonia, it was only avoided because Vimera had the, uh, you know, they cared for the country so much that they gave up, you know, they stepped aside, didn't push it to the extent they could, realizing it will have another and another Kumanov attack uh, and so forth. And uh, and then you just take over the country using these methods and then just uh, send your useless drug addict son there to make money for the family. It's, it's despicable. <laughs> How do you really feel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned... Uh... You mentioned uh, David Stevenson, mm. and uh, I, I always forget that he's alive um, and that he exists, unfortunately. And it, it'll be a good day when he is finally gone, and you can define gone however you'd mm. like to. Why don't we, um, let's see, we need to do our farmer's pick, so let's take a quick break and then come back and do our farmer's picks. And welcome back to the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast, uh, Jason and Svetan. Today is, this is episode 42, I think uh, today is Sunday the 22nd of mm -hmm. September, tomorrow is the first day of fall, this will drop tomorrow on uh, Monday the 23rd. It's now time for our farmers picks. Svetan, what's your farmers pick? Well, I'm go just going to mention the sorry state of affairs, which was the Fridays <laughs> for the Future March in Skopje, uh, where, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, a few, about 20, 30 people showed up to uh, participate in the protest called for by this uh, uh, Swedish girl in, uh, which has been sailing around the world and trying to wean us off uh, tasty meats and uh, being warm in winter, mm. <laughs> apparently. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but the interesting thing was that uh, we, we saw a few of the colored people resurface for this thing, uh, at least online. Very few of them showed actually showed up for the for the event, but uh, uh, we could see a few of them show up uh, supported online, and they've actually been missing for a, for a long time. Uh, after the racketeering scandal uh, began to to develop, uh, the colored revolution protesters largely disappeared, and uh, for this they they came back for for uh, Greta's event. They actually showed up again, but uh, apparently not the, the environmental grants which were given for the event were not enough to bring more than like 30 people protesting. There were some yeah, not even worthy of mention slogans. Yeah, I, I, I saw some of those pictures and they had school children out there and it was it's basically it's a manipulation of children is what it is. All in all, uh, it's what you would expect from a very, a country extremely disappointed in uh, this sort of astroturf, artificial, uh, grassroots activism. And, uh, and how about you, Jason? You got something maybe more cheerful for us? I, I do indeed have something more cheerful. Um, I think I've mentioned this, uh, website before. It's a blog, uh, from, uh, Croatia. It's Travel Croatia and Beyond. The, the blog, it's got an interesting title of Chasing the Donkey. Uh -huh. Chasingthedonkey.com. And they do all the countries in the Balkans. Uh, this one is from earlier this year, um, and it's uh, Discover the Gourmet Paradise Through Traditional Macedonian Food. 
And uh, just looking at it and reading it and reading the, and looking at the pictures right now makes me very, very hungry. It's 1 p.m. where I am right now, and I haven't had lunch yet, and I really want some rakia and uh, Macedonian food, <laughs> and I'm going to have to wait on that. But anyway, um, that's my farmer's pick. It is uh, on Macedonian food. Discover the gourmet paradise through traditional Macedonian food. We'll post a link to it uh, on the uh, description, and everybody can read that, and their mouths can water. So that's my farmer's picks, Vettin. Um And I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I think we covered all the bases and uh, off to the next uh, scandals to come. <laughs> There'll be plenty more to talk about next week. Yeah, sure there will be. Take care, buddy. All right, you too. See you.